0: Hey, guys, it is Abdul for my good friends over at Leon Taylor. And that's right. Larry, Norm Kimmer Judy at 809 North Delaware and in downtown Indianapolis. You know, downtown is making a comeback. And so why don't you come on back and come on back and come on by Leon Taylor and pick yourself something up. You've been working hard and dealing with all the stress of this global pandemic. Well, guess what? No more. Come on by to Leon Taylor and pick yourself up a nice suit or skirt or blouse or whatever it is. Or perhaps a nice gift certificate for someone for a birthday or an anniversary present. Leon Taylor, they've missed you. I know you've missed them. Leon Taylor in 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Well, ladies and gentlemen, according to the latest edition of the New York Times, manufacturing jobs are booming like crazy for the first time in a long time in this country, and Indiana is no exception. So joining us in the studio is a good friend, Brian Burton, who's the president and CEO of the Indiana Manufacturers Association. So Brian, my friend, always good to talk to you. Thanks for being with us today. Great to
1: be here, Abdul. Thank you.
0: Uh, so how is, uh, let's start with the question, uh, how is manufacturing doing here in the state of Indiana these days?
1: It is booming. I have been talking to a number of our members. We represent about 1,400 different companies in about 2,000 locations in Indiana. And congratulations, you and I are so sitting here on the circle of Indianapolis, Indiana, which is the dead center of the most manufacturing-intensive state in the country. We have the highest percentage of gross domestic product and the highest percentage of employment than any other state, and we're very, very proud of that. It is booming despite the a number of challenges that we're facing at this point uh, with the economy the way it is, the uncertainty. I have always said that CERTAINTY AND PREDICTABILITY CREATES AN ENVIRONMENT FOR CAPITAL INVESTMENT. CAPITAL INVESTMENT THEN CREATES AN ENVIRONMENT FOR INVESTING uh, IN uh, HUMAN CAPITAL uh, WHICH CREATES JOBS. SO WE ARE uh, ON THE FRONT END LACKING IN THE CONSISTENCY AND PREDICTABILITY WHICH CREATES THAT uh, COMFORT LEVEL FOR INVESTMENT. HOWEVER, Orders are still good. In fact, this week I was up in northwest Indiana at a number of our members and talked to a number of our members yesterday. And their backlog, they do have, many of them have a backlog that they're uh, trying to work through. But they could do much better if we could find the human talent, the the employees that are out there. And that's creating a real problem.
0: We want to get to the employees just a bit. Uh, But one thing that's interesting is uh, the whole thing about automation. Because for the longest time, a lot of jobs went overseas or they were automated. So what happened to actually make us want to get people back into, into a manufacturing plant?
1: Well, we have done a number of things trying to let people know actually what happens in the manufacturing facilities. Because manufacturing is broad. It is everything you can imagine. Everything you touch, everything you eat, everything you sit in, everything you wear, everything is manufactured. So it's broad-based. So Indiana has that broad base here, too. We have, uh, we're the most transportation uh, equipment-intensive state in the country. We're blessed with three domestic autos and three foreign directs that have massive operations here. We're the most manufacturing-intensive in RVs. And one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that Indiana produces more steel than any other state in the country. So we're a metal state. And we're also a pharmaceutical and medical device state. So it's, it's extremely broad. But... We uh, we are very happy that all of that is there, and it certainly helps our economy in Indiana. And our uh, from the logistics standpoint, being at the center of the country has really helped us, too. Uh, it helps out on the, the supply chain issues, which have been a, a super challenge here over the last uh, two and a half years, particularly.
0: Um, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, with, the, with the pandemic and everything and supply chain, how has uh, Indiana's manufacturing sort of adapted to the supply chain issue, or are we, are we sort of like the, the first point of the supply chain is where we make the stuff?
1: No, we have a lot of suppliers that are based here, but we also import a lot of uh, items also. And we're interconnected with, with companies around the country and around the world. Um, for years, the buzzword was just-in-time manufacturing that you had. And I'll give you an example. Like an automobile manufacturer, it is an orchestrated logistics dance because you have sometimes not more than four to six hours of parts on site for that vehicle. And you have a, a dance with trucks and rail uh behind the facility that are bringing those in on a consistent basis to make sure that they are in place whenever that that is needed to be uh, assembled into a vehicle whenever that is disrupted it creates a huge uh, problem in in uh, in the in the manufacturing process so logistics has been extremely important and i'm hearing more and more on reshoring Uh, Those that over the course of the last couple of decades have gone to uh, suppliers in other countries or moved some of their operations to China, Asia and other areas that they're kind of slowing those investments and looking for bringing some of that production back to the United States because of the supply chain issue.
0: Our guest on the program today is Brian Burton. Brian is the head of the Indiana Manufacturers Association. So we're talking about Manufacturing Day, a story in the New York Times saying manufacturing is uh, sort of back and booming for the first time in a really long time uh, here in the United States. Uh, Brian, uh, what about the, the workforce? Do we have the the workforce here in Indiana to, to do all these sort of, you know, as I just say, it's not, your, it's not your grandfather's manufacturing plant anymore?
1: Yeah, we uh, that is a, a severe challenge. We have, we have a, a challenge with uh, supply chain and workforce. Uh, I tell people that we'll get through the supply chain challenges before we get through the workforce issues. We have uh, an aging workforce. Uh, we're going to be losing about 40 percent of our uh, manufacturing employees over the next 10 years um, when we don't have the population base to refill those jobs. Uh, currently, there are uh, overall in the entire economy, as of August of 22, we have 145,000 current job openings in Indiana, and we only have 145,000 current job openings in Indiana in all sectors. Now, in, in manufacturing, we have 36 Seven thousand manufacturing jobs currently open and it's just mind-boggling and active seekers of employment is only ninety five thousand so you've you've got a, a real disconnect between those that are looking and also those uh positions that are open uh, it's uh it's a growing problem uh, and, uh, and that's why we were so important uh, for us in the last legislative session to push for a reduction in the business personal property tax on uh, equipment and technology and robotics, uh, because we cannot fill those positions with people. We're not laying people off. We're not laying people off uh, because of that. Uh, what we're doing is backfilling uh, with automation and technology uh, to fill those positions that cannot be filled Uh, With individuals,
0: Um, is it uh, just you can't find the people? People don't have the skill set, just or the skill set, the work ethic. What what's going on
1: here? It's a combination of all. Um, You you just hit on all the topics. First and foremost, it's 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 the number of individuals, and then once you get through that, then it's the skill set that is required. And employers generally will have fairly robust training programs to skill up those individuals that they hire. And it is work ethic. We have just spent the last two and a half years through COVID incentivizing and spending billions of dollars incentivizing people not to work. And now we have to flip the switch and somebody has been um, receiving unemployment or extended unemployment benefits for, you know, a year or two. Um, now we want them to come back into the workforce, and, and it's and it's it's difficult. You also have other issues too. You have affordable housing issues in many communities. You also have uh, childcare issues. So we're getting involved in some non-traditional areas for us. Those those barriers to entry um, into the workforce. So it's a multifaceted. But first of all, it's population, it's skills, it's everything you mentioned.
0: Uh, what about, uh, I know, I remember a while back at the In- Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute, uh, it was one of the one of the, the panel discussions, they're talking about sort of uh, where Indiana's jobs were, where they weren't, and for some strange reason, that sort of east central Indiana they used to be very heavily auto- automobile manufacturing, it seems to be sort of almost sort of hurting the most when it comes to like manufacturing jobs.
1: Yeah, it's you, you look at the population shifts here within the state and you look at the population shifts, or, uh, shifts around the country. In Indiana, it's it's younger folks are going to the urban centers. And uh, and so a lot of our members are in rural communities and that has been uh, historically where some of them have operated uh, mainly because the workforce was there and uh, land prices and, and taxes were low and those kinds of things. But whenever you see that population Move more to urban areas. It creates a problem for some of those in the outlying areas. So, we're looking to uh, find ways to address that. But um, it's uh, like I said, it's, it's multifaceted. And uh, you know, in manufacturing, we've got six six point three percent of all the manufacturing jobs in Indiana are unfilled at this point. So we have to look at how to backfill that. And hopefully, the legislature will look at that. Our depreciation schedules on capital investment for technology, we have the the worst depreciation schedule in the country with a 30% floor, meaning whatever you purchase, you cannot depreciate that out 100%. You can only go down to 30%. So if you keep that equipment for 5 years, 10 years, 50 years, 100 years, you're still paying 30% of the original purchase price on that uh, piece of equipment. So we need to incentivize more Investment in technology here.
0: Our guest on the program today is Brian Burton. Brian is the head of the Indiana Manufacturing Association. So We're talking about the state of manufacturing here uh, in Indiana. Uh, Brian, uh, it's interesting because uh, automation—it seemed to be the, sort of the, the big deal. Like, say, if you up uh, uh, here's an example: 100 years ago, my grandfather worked in a factory. He just basically did a strong back and a good work ethic. He just moved boxes from one end to the loading dock. Fast forward 25 years, my uncle drives a forklift. Fast forward 25 years, my cousin runs a crane. Fast another twenty-five years, my nephew in a room operates cranes in a hundred factories all over the place. Um, what are we? What are we missing or what are we not doing? Do we just need more people with more skills to, to do these jobs, or is, is it more robotics? What, what What's the answer, do you think?
1: Well, first of all, we got to need to let young people know what opportunities are available in manufacturing. Your grandfather and and his father um, had a view of manufacturing that was accurate, and it, but it, that's not what it is today. Today, if you go into most of these facilities, and I've been blessed over the years that I've been able to tour hundreds of plants, and, and when you walk in it is not what you expect. So it's, it's filled with technology. It's clean. And, and is that Laverne so, and
0: Shirley putting the glove on the beer bottle? <laughs> no,
1: no, no. We have a machine that puts the glove on the beer <laughs> bottle. So it's, uh, but, but somebody has to maintain that machine. So it's a different skill set. So it's, it's, uh, you, you have to, first of all, get people excited about what's in there and let them know what's in there. October is manufacturing month, and we're coming up on uh, – we're, we're almost there And it's an opportunity to show young people, teachers, parents, what are in these facilities. We're going to have over 200 companies in Indiana that are going to open up and give tours of their facilities so that young people can see what it is, what the opportunity is. Let me give you a couple of numbers that that are shocking. Last year, the average compensation in Indiana was uh, 40, about $49,000. In manufacturing, the average compensation in Indiana was $77,000. And manufacturing provides the highest level of benefits uh, and, uh, f- in those jobs. So if you want a pay premium, you want good benefits and you good quality of life, look at it, and that opportunity is there, and it may be for you. So we're trying to get the word out through all of these. We're coming up on the 19th uh, uh, with our annual Hall of Fame, where we highlight and celebrate manufacturing here in Indiana. We're going to be honoring uh, innovative leaders and also those that have made significant contributions. So uh, we've got to get the word out and get to young people We have started a a program called the Indiana Federation of Advanced Manufacturing Education. And we go in and we recruit kids coming out of high school into work and learn models. So after two years, they get a two-year associate's degree that's highly in demand in manufacturing. And the employer in the work and learn has agreed to pay them so they can pay, uh, cover their tuition and and housing. So they come out with a two-year degree, making a great wage with no debt. So there's opportunity out there.
0: Where were you guys like 30 years ago when I was in college? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if we could have changed your mind on anything at
0: <laughs> Brian Burton with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Uh, Brian is the head of the Indiana Manufacturers Association. Uh, Brian, uh, obviously uh, we've we got elections coming up. Uh, Indiana lawmakers will be back in January. What are some of the things that you folks would like to see Indiana lawmakers do, apart from the business personal property tax uh, reduction uh, what would you like to see lawmakers do that would help Indiana's manufacturing?
1: Well, I tell you one thing that would help Indiana's economy was we got to get rein in our health care costs here in, the, in, the, in our state. Um, RAND studies, RAND 1, 2, 3, and 4, all showed that Indiana has some of the highest hospital costs in the country. And so uh, that is not sustainable. Uh, as uh, as some leaders in the business community have called it, that's the hidden tax. So if you see them making investments in other states, uh, it may be because of that. It's unsustainable. This this uh, growth rate is unsustainable. Uh, employers have done everything to try to mitigate increases. Uh, there have and and employees have have been called upon to. You know, uh, have some of that burden too with with uh, co-pays and deductibles and the like
0: and also think about eating healthy and not smoking yeah probably couldn't hurt either
1: well that that doesn't hurt either but what the rand studies have also shown that our high health care costs uh, really have a little to do with with our our, uh, our health outcomes because it is it is if you do it on a unit cost why does the why does a an operation um, in indiana cost twice as much as the similar operation in, in michigan Okay. Those are the questions that we have to answer. And so we've got to get that under, under control. Um, and then also we need more clarity on some of the technology side, um, electric vehicles, uh, power generation, uh, and, and the like. Uh, Indiana generally is viewed as a pro-business, um, lower cost of operating state, but we have those outliers uh, like health care, which we have to really grapple with. Um, so it's it's uh, across the board. It's never ending that uh, you know there there is no lack of, of good or bad ideas around the limestone building called the State House.
0: <laughs> that my friend, I tend to, to agree with you quite a bit. Uh, by the way, speaking of the State House, uh, not not to get into the abortion discussion, but with all that going on, have you folks uh, had issues with folks saying, hey, we may not relocate or we may have to move employees? I know like Salesforce, some other companies have said, you know what, we we can't do anything because of the abortion issue. So we'll well, blood we'll bar employees work remote i don't know if you can really do remote work with them in a manufacturing plant
1: well it's difficult to do remote work in in manufacturing unless you're in in, in legal and or in, in other things um uh, we have about five hundred and forty thousand manufacturing direct manufacturing jobs in indiana and that's under counted by at least a hundred thousand because they only count those that are directly involved in production so everybody else in is listed in the service sector um Uh, Our organization sticks with uh, core business issues. So uh, social issues, the abortion issues, uh, some of those we do not get involved in. We have not had, I have not had uh, any member call me to tell me uh, to get involved in in those issues. We have not, I have not spoken with with a member that says, hey, we're not going to expand here because of that um, those may be private decisions that they're making, and, and but that's not something that our association is is involved in.
0: Uh, final question for you, my friend: What is it about? Uh, what is one thing that uh, the public may not be aware of when it comes to manufacturing in Indiana that you think they should know and be aware of?
1: Well, just the breadth of what we make here. I mean, it's just it's mind-boggling. I mean, from defense to steel to foundries to electronics to, you know, if you're going to get a new hip, it's made here. If you're going to get a stent, heart stent, it's made here. So it's the things that keep you alive, uh, you know. Not too far from where we're sitting, some of the highest tech uh, metal working uh, is is operating here. Some of the highest tech within 15 minutes. Some of the highest tech um, uh, military equipment is being made within 15 minutes of where we're sitting. Um, the um, Eli Lilly is is has their manufacturing facility all their linsulin for North and South America. Are being made with 15 minutes from where we're sitting, so I mean it, the breadth is just um, incredible, uh, and the talent is actually incredible. Um, that the history, the talent that we have here, uh, the the investment that we have here, we can most of our facilities. It's uh, I tell people. We're not call centers where we can unplug a telephone line and move to another state or another country. We're in concrete and rebar and in and, and billions of dollars of, of investment in technology and equipment. So whenever they make decisions, it's for the long haul. And, and that's why predictability and certainty uh, in our regulatory environment, our our, um, elected officials, uh, our government systems. It's all important to encourage that long-term investment that remains here and keeps growing our economy.
0: Brian Burton, the head of the Indiana Manufacturers Association, my friend. Always good to talk to you. Thank you very much for stopping by today.
1: Thank you so much.